and welcome back to another episode of the MDCP podcast. Yes, Sam, I got it right today, and I didn't even have to think about what phrasing I was going to use. It's it's I ne- almost need like a, a scrolling screen of uh, cue cards. But In your head, yeah. we're here and joined, as always, by the amazing Ash and Sam. And we're here to talk all things six-figure coach seminar, becoming a million-dollar coach or six-figure coach, and how to just add more value in the coaching landscape and how coaches can realize their own value and potential. Mm-hmm. So well, I th- um, kick off, Sam. <laughs> well, I think Ash posed a, a really good point before we hit the record button, and that was mm. – that there's this perception and, and I'm, I'm guilty of it myself. It's the way that I operated that, for example, you get your level one, you coach for a little bit, um, you make some friends, you make some enemies, you learn some things, you cry some, a little bit along the way, and then you go and you take your level two. And then all of a sudden you come back from your level two and, and I know that my reaction coming back from my level two was cool. I'm a level two coach now pay me more. Mm. And that's a problem. <laughs> and I I know more things. I'm more valuable to you. Yeah. But are you? Yeah. And so here's where we might ruffle some feathers, you know, which shocker would be it's what we do best. Your favorite thing to do, Sam. Don't it, be shy that <laughs> might be true. <laughs> So well, well done, Ash. So let's do it like this. If you go away and you take a specialty certification, you're okay. You're entitled to nothing. Like before we even get into specialty certifications or anything like that, you're entitled to nothing. You're getting a cert or becoming a coach or insert phrase here entitles you to jack all, right? And especially when it comes to the service industry, which make no mistake, that's the one that we operate in, especially when it comes to the service industry, your value is measured by the service that you provide, right? So even if you go and spend a thousand dollars of your money and you spend 16 hours over two days doing the seminar and then you survive the test and you pass doesn't mean at all in any way, shape or form that the value that you are now providing to the people in your community has risen. That's a Mm. presumption. I think that a lot of people make that I went, I got more information. All of a sudden I must be a better coach. No, no, (laughs) I have seen some amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have seen some amazing, amazing level one coaches, and I have seen some dog shit level threes. And that's not to disparage anybody. My only point is these things are not, they are sometimes correlated and they are never causally related. Mm. And so 
I keep reading it over and over again and a bunch of things that I'm reading or listening to like in business, in entrepreneurship, in the service industry, your second life begins when you realize that no one is coming to save you. Mm-hmm. And that is terrifying, absolutely, and also incredibly empowering. It's maybe the most empowering thing that can happen to a, someone in the service industry is to realize you are in direct control of mm. your fate and the outcome of your effort. Yeah. Um, the and yeah, go, go on, ahead. Sam. Well, I was going to say, gonna the, say- the, the end. Of, son of a gun. <laughs> Despite the fact that we have lightning fast, literally speed of light internet, still have delays. Um, No, I lost it. Anyway, go ahead. All right, I'll go. You pick it back up. Um, Okay. Well, I was just going to reference that we talked about on the Fitfiliate podcast last week, cross promotion, um, that about, um, you know, getting the freedom of having that freedom of time and that the ability that we have as entrepreneurs and business owners to, we can create revenue out of thin air, but we can also create time for ourselves out of thin air if we invest rather than spend our time. But if you want to know more on that, go listen to that podcast, highly recommend it, great chat. But it's that, it's that concept is that we have that capacity as the um, captains of our own ship is to, you know, just manif- or manufacture and manifest things out of thin air that we need. It's like, oh, I need this thing. It doesn't exist. I'm just going to make it happen. And we can, we have that, that um, gift. I'm not going to say power. I'm going to say gift. Hmm. Lisa out. Sam, mm-hmm. over, over and out. No, I'm, I'm watching, <laughs> I'm watching Ash. <laughs> yeah. Ash is sitting there. I feel like there's something big coming. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's, there's like a, a fire building. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I've just read something this weekend about time and I, I don't know that I can quote it properly, but there is something about like Einstein's equation versus the Newtonian equation for time of like one happens to you and one you create it. it mm. That was the, the gist of it, but I can't remember yeah. it exactly. So I'm going to leave it at that, but mm. yeah. Yeah. And well, you know, we get overwhelmed, don't we, with being, in char- it can be as a coach or, a, or an affiliate owner that mm-hmm. you've, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> so I have this power to create Thank you, these Uncle things. Ben. Yeah. <laughs> but then we start spinning our wheels and, and yeah. that's where the self-doubt limiting beliefs comes in. It's like, well, who am I to think that I could have a six-figure income or or whatever or that's not noble. And then mm-hmm. we, we get in through all that not noble, noble, don't let my accent yeah. fool you. Not branding there, but not sponsored. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, we get into that cycle of stuff. So we actually don't do anything with the potential that we have. Yeah. Well, I think that the, so, I mean, this, this same argument can be had in any number of industries. For example, this is why people who do CrossFit, they hire a coach because the coach saves them time and effort that would otherwise be wasted trying to figure out what to do on their own. Mm -hmm. Right. And it helps, it helps keep them focused and directed and, you know, executing 
on the priorities. And <clears throat> through many, 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 many years of open source trial and error, CrossFit as an organization and a methodology has figured out the most direct way to um, provide you a shortcut to results, right? Mm. And part of that process was creating tremendous value. CrossFit Journal, right? Mm. I mean, Greg would sit down and write a ridiculous tomes. essay. Yeah, like tomes, <laughs> tomes. Most people have no idea the volume of writing he was doing. And then, you know, you start bringing in other people. He would get specialists to write things. He would get, yeah. you know, people who were kind of standouts in the community to guest write for a while. And, you know, then it was a feather in your cap. If you got something published in the journal, like it was a big deal yeah. because they don't just let every Tom, Dick, or Jane with a blog get on there, right? Like, yeah. You had distinguished yourself as a person who not only understood, but could comprehend and then recite back at many levels of understanding a complex topic like the clean. And if you don't think mm. that doing the clean is a complex topic, it's my opinion that you don't understand the movement. So yep. CrossFit has made life easy for people in that you don't have to waste time. You pay a coach and a gym to provide you with the resources necessary, the direction and the coaching to solve your problem. Why anybody would think that the same rules wouldn't apply to them in, for example, entrepreneurship, I don't understand, right? Mm. And you can, you absolutely can do it the hard way. You can sit and try to figure it out and look and interpret and suss out the mechanisms by which organizations or people are creating value and then leveraging that value for income. Mm. Or you can hire a coach and your coach is going to say, stop doing that. It's not actually helping you get to where you want to be. If you want to make, you know, you want to make a uh, thousand extra dollars every month, then if you're spending five hours a week on your phone, scrolling Instagram, I'm going to ask you, how is that helping you move the needle forward? Mm. Right. And the human capacity for self delusion is really high because we're just humans and that's okay. And that's okay. Mm. But we can excuse ourselves of anything we want and right? tell ourselves any story to justify anything, anything and at all. We can, we are the, the masters of self protection and, mm. you know, making ourselves feel better, like self soothing. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we taught that as babies is like, Try it out, you'll be fine. And you, you tell yourself right. a story about it's fine. And then you just, that's that's how it evolves. And if you don't believe that's the truth, then A, you're lying to yourself. But B, all you need to do to dismantle that little lie is think about someone who, if you're a coach, I know you know, who has a nagging shoulder injury and is ignoring it and not doing anything about it. And, you know, telling themselves a story about like, what it's gonna like how like how is it gonna be okay and under what circumstances it's gonna be okay and mm. unless this person is an orth orthopedist or they've had that issue previously and worked with an orthopedist they mm. probably have no right to say that right and you know mm. as a coach as a person who understands hopefully human anatomy and physiology you can say okay well i hear you saying these things but then i see you get up and 
do a set of 15 butterfly pull-ups and your shoulders dumping forward and your elbows dumping out. And I know you're aggravating that shoulder every single time, but yeah, sure. You've got it. You know, Mm. (laughs) that face, Ash. Yeah. I have an in mind right now. (laughs) Everyone does. (laughs) Everyone does. And so, and so this thing where like, we can delude ourselves into any number of things like, Oh, I went and spent a thousand dollars. I must be more valuable. Mm. No, you spent a thousand dollars. I hope mm. you can provide value from the knowledge that you were given, but that's still on you, mm. right? You know, and it's it, how do we communicate? You know that that skill and knowledge. Like we spoke um, last week on last week's call. Sam, you're saying, you know, you came back from your weight, Bergen weightlifting course and you were like ready to vomit goodness on everybody. Yeah. And, you know, there's a way you can package that knowledge and information that is more valuable rather than just standing up and decreeing like, I'm the expert, come listen to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and that's a skill is to learn that and to understand the nuances of communicating and demonstrating your value plus making it a relationship of reciprocity with your affiliate owner. So you're not just walking in and go, Hey bro, passed a test, got my L3. So that'll be like 80 bucks an hour now. Cool. Yeah. Laters. Yeah. And I'm also going to pick and choose which classes I want and all the rest of it. Like that, that's great. You've got an L3, you learned how to pass a test, not saying yeah. that there's anything, you know, the L3 is an excellent demonstration of the deeper knowledge, but you passed a test. Mm-hmm. What value, if I'm, you know, the affiliate owner, okay, cool. How is you having level three going to help me and help our community? Yeah. How do you demonstrate that and communicate that? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think a great example of this currently happening right now is the uh, percentage of attrition coming out of the level four. Mm. I, I know a lot of level threes who, as soon as that site went live, they signed up. Yep. And some of those spots were taken by red shirts. Mm. Of there are a lot of people, red shirts included, who are failing this. Mm. And it's because they don't there's a lot of things that could be said about this. But you the likelihood that you will go and execute on the level four exam in real time for two classes consecutively in a manner that is not something that you are normally accustomed to. By that, I mean, if you coach one way when you're at your home affiliate and you're going to change that and you're going to be the perfect coach for these two classes, uh, uh-uh. it's just not going to yeah. happen. Like yeah. this needs to be happening at an almost subconscious level. And so mm-hmm. the value that you need to be providing at a subconscious level, like it is so crazy far beyond what I think a lot of coaches Mm. think is possible. Now it's not to say that you shouldn't attempt to go for the level four because it's impossible. It's not. I know how to pass the level four. I also know that I need to dig in and get Mm. better before I can execute the way that I want to on that exam. Yeah. And again, like you come back and go, okay, I'm, I'm level four or, you know, just because you, you go and you attempt your level four, for example, and you, you, you know, you miss out, you mm. miss it. Mm. 
doesn't make you less valuable. Like you said, you know, we've um, all, you know, no coaches who are just sitting at their level one and they are outstanding humans and outstanding coaches. And, you know, they have invested their time and their learning in mm-hmm. providing service and value rather than just accumulating, you know, pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. But it's also, you know, you see people who attempt the L3 and miss. Yeah. And it's like, well, they start to doubt themselves as a coach and not understanding, like, don't get me wrong, I love what CrossFit have done with the progressions and, and the way that you can ascend through and give you something to aspire towards and work towards rather than the old question like, oh, my L1's due. Do I do L2 or do I just revalidate? Like, what do I do? You know, there's actual drive for people that want to progress and and those people are rewarded and that's fantastic and we start to see the feedback loop. Yeah. But people can also then see that as a reflection on who they are as a coach. So then that takes it the other way. They're like, well, you know, I couldn't pass that, so maybe I shouldn't be coaching. And they just put so much stock in, you know, living or dying by this thing. Mm. I was going to say it's it's like becomes part of their identity and their definition of mm. themselves as a coach as opposed to what they actually do on the daily in their mm. classes. And-, and I spoke to somebody recently who, you know, desperately wanted it, has has failed. Oh, well, I hate using the word fail, but failed the, the L3 a couple of times now. Yeah. And they were really like looking around at other places that had it, so, but they're not as good of a coach as me. I went, cool. They're just, you know, yeah. better at taking a test maybe. You know, yeah. your brain is is not wired in that that regard because of, you know, whatever, but test taking is a challenge for you. And look at the service and I said, and so we asked the question because that was going to take some of their focus off their business is like, if you get the L3, is that going to change what you currently do in your business or the way that you coach your people? And Mm -hmm. he was like, no, because I I do X, Y, Z already. I went, uh-huh. So by failing it, then that doesn't change anything that you're doing anyway. Like you're still being an awesome coach. You just don't have those letters. Yeah. So it it can be a double-edged sword. Like if people get these levels and, and progress through, like, yeah, I want more money or oh, I didn't get it, you know, and it would be very hard if you're a red shirt and you don't get it. You would assume that, you know, they're at the, the tip of the spear, which they are. It's like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I'm not a good coach. Maybe I'm not a thing, you know. It's, yeah, I mean, we can, we can divest, you know, really, really quick, really, really quickly for this discussion. Mm. The level one seminar, there are some fantastic coaches who would be dog shit seminar staff. And Mm. these are not my words. These are coming from people who are on seminar staff. And it's not because they're bad coaches. It's because the level one seminar is a very contrived thing. Like. Mm. It's a script. it, It is. It is. It's absolutely script. And it, and it should be. Because you're trying to take upwards of 30 people of varying levels of experience from not 60 on, see, I threw that in just for you, Lisa, not, um, in, on, you know, like how many topics are covered? There's the three classes of movements. There's nutrition. What is fitness? What is CrossFit? Uh, two workouts plus warmups, 
uh, the advanced movements. Like there's a shit ton of stuff they got to cover. And so they don't have time for you to come in with your super special nuancy niche progression for the air squat. Like, mm. no, send your yeah. hips back, keep your weight in your heels, drive your knees out in line with your toes, keep your spine neutral and get your hips below your knees. Hit mm. those five things incredibly well. And then we'll move on. Mm. And the converse side of that is just because you wear a red shirt does not mean at all that you are ready or capable of executing at the level they are hoping for. They set the mm. standard for the level four where they did for a reason. And with a certain thing in mind and everything I've heard, if you coach strength in a Metcon, you're going to have a bad time. And because <laughs> like they want you to teach C and correct like nobody's business and apply threshold training <clears throat> and everything I have ever worked with for uh, coaches who are part of strength and Metcon gyms, the deck is stacked so heavily against them in terms mm. of like just amount of time necessary to get practice in teaching, seeing and correcting. Mm. Um, and if you, and if you disagree, that's fine. Give me a holler mm. and we'll have a chat. <laughs> but, it, but it, you know, it is, and I, and like, I'm drawn back. My brain is drawn back to a, a conversation that we had uh, internally. We might've had it in our meeting last week, um, but also affiliate podcasters, you know, if your gym is following a particular um, type of program and you identify as I'm a, you know, XYZ affiliate or I'm a, you know, we're a, you know, whoever it is, gym, then it's not, you know, you're losing your mission, your vision, your why in that because you're becoming part of, why Sam, you're becoming part of, um, <laughs> you're becoming, Welcome back. You're becoming part of of somebody else's, um, you know, thing, and those programs are not a bad thing. Don't I'm not. Don't send me hate mail and say that I'm against programs. Like I'm not pushing any particular program, but they're generally jam packed. So they're setting their, you know, the coaches are gifted lesson plans. They're gifted even following cap. You're gifted lesson plans. You gifted um, the whole progressions and, and all those. So it's really plug and play. So the coaches don't have to think. So then this coach who's used to doing all of these things, squishing them into the hour and then go and do your level four and suddenly you're do your own lesson plan, figure all this stuff out and coaching a oh, three-minute yeah. AMRAP for an hour. Like, okay, how am I going to do that? So it does set makes things easier day-to-day -day coaching and, and and in your affiliate. But it's also, A, you lose your identity a little bit and you're spoon-fed things. And, yeah. you know, when you go and do your L4, like whoever is providing your box programming isn't going to say, oh, here, give me, I'll give you a template for, the, for that. It just doesn't exist. So we kind of do ourselves a disservice. Well, <laughs> you know, that's a whole different bag to unpack there. I feel like. <laughs> Ash, you want to jump in on this? I oh. bought all the luggage today. I bought everything in. Um, I'm trying to keep it on topic. I don't know. I go ahead, Sam. No. Okay, so so two things. First of all, <laughs> I had the good 
fortune and great opportunity to write lesson plans for comp train for an entire summer. Every week, seven workouts going out to 890 affiliates across the world. I lost track of the number of affiliates who thought we were actually supposed to be programming for their affiliate. Like we mm. program GHD sit-ups and we'd get a message in the Facebook group and be like, why did you program this? We don't have GHDs. And I, and my boss and I were like, oh, oh, oh shit. Like we've got to pull back and recalibrate. And the, my roundabout way, that's a roundabout way of getting to the point that like, doggy, <laughs> that's a roundabout <laughs> way of getting to the point of like, Chill even if you, it doesn't matter what programming service you're provided with, mm. that doesn't absolve you of the re responsibility to execute and provide value. You get a fantastic lesson plan. And we, we were very proud of the lesson plans that we wrote. It's, it doesn't change the fact that like, it's still your job to go coach. I mean, you could read mm. that thing like a script. And if it's not right for your people, then it's the wrong lesson plan, you know? Mm. And that's just lesson planning as an example. And part of the, you know, we and we see this with a whole bunch of, you know, programming services, almost every programming service with a handful of exceptions is there is a focus, not a focus, but there is some of the traits are providing more work, right? Um, for the athlete to do the trade-off for that will be less coaching. And when I say coaching, what I mean is we're going to teach the snatch. Cool. The workout for today is seven by one snatch. You're going to do seven lifts. That's it, right? I'm going to have you, uh, take 21 minutes to do that. You're not going to do a Metcon at the end. You're not going to do a skill work at the front end. I'm going to spend 10 to 15 minutes teaching you the snatch and I'm going to load you up appropriately. There's another 10 minutes and then we've got 20 minutes, 20 plus minutes of nothing but lifting. And you're going to lift on a clock so that you don't do seven snatches in 14 minutes and then be like, what next? You know? And for that kind of thing, if you listen to what I just said and you're like, I have no idea how I'm going to teach the snatch for 10 minutes, then there is an opportunity mm. for you to increase the value that you bring to your classes. Mm. And I say the word opportunity deliberately because mm. nobody's coming to save you. Yeah. You know, you're, mm. you're, you're level one, you're level two, you're level three, you're burden or weightlifting. None of that entitles you to all of a sudden putting a label of more valuable on what falls out of your face. Mm. You got to go execute. Yeah. And it's, it's also very much as well. Like it's that member experience, like, you know, um, using your example, Sam, you know, you came back from the weightlifting, you know, you're ready to vomit technical stuff all over everybody. Like, was that the best experience? Like mm -hmm. the, it was the, best information but was it the best experience for the right. members because at the end of the day members pay for an experience yeah you know they come in and you know they <laughs> kind of they want to be entertained well well we make an assumption about what they pay for if you've never asked yeah. them going back to last week if yeah. you've never asked them what they're here for 
then we make the assumption that they're here for an experience. Mm. Some of them might be here for incredibly technical weightlifting. Yes. And it's, it's how do we deliver that? But that's where your nuance as an amazing coach and communicator and being able to communicate your value, you can have a class of 10 people, the people who thrive on that technical geeking out stuff, you're going to be able to give that to them. But also, you know, average Joe and Betty who just want to clang and bang and feel like, you know, that they threw a barbell around for 20 minutes and, you know, we're going to help them progress. They're going to get a little bit better, but they had some banter. They had some, you know, building community moments in between their resting sets. Yeah. Like they're going to go, out, oh, it's such a great day today, such a great vibe. You know, we had the tunes turned up, had the mm-hmm. chalk on, it yep. chalk out, it was all good. And the other people should walk out and go, man, I got so much out of that from Sam today. I got all this. Like everyone got what they wanted from that class. And that's the gift of being a coach. It's not having all those technical things. It's how do we then provide what the client needs, mm-hmm. which comes back to how do we know? Do we talk yep. to them? Do we get to know our members? Do we get to know the people who come to our class and know all of those little things, but then it's okay going back to your owner and talking about that that value and not just saying, well, hey, I'm a I'm a level two or I'm a level three or I'm a level gazillion, whatever it is, or I've got this bit of paper or that bit of paper. It's like, hey, my classes are packed. Like, yeah. you know, my retention is very high in my classes. I'm not losing members out of my classes. Like, that's going to make you infinitely more value. People are asking me to run programs or additional courses because they want to engage in what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, there's your value proposition, not just, uh, I need 80 bucks an hour, dude, because, you know, I've got this level four piece of paper thing. <laughs> oh, that's And that's a great metric is class attendance. If you mm. don't track class attendance, first of all, please, for the love of God, track class mm. attendance. Like, <laughs> keep track of who is in your building and when they're in your building. Sign people in. Like, but then as a coach, you can go back and say, look, my class attendance is increasing. We're hitting cap on my classes regularly. Mm. You don't have people coming and complaining. I'm having people come and ask me for special programming or personal training. That's a mm. value proposition. Right? Mm. And How going do we back make to, this work for each other? Absolutely. Yeah. And before Especially. I kick it to Ash, like real quick, going back to that snatch thing, like if that sounds like a lot of providing technical understanding for a complex weightlifting movement and doing so in such a manner that everybody gets exactly what they need and it's fun and engaging and you're operating at multiple levels. If that sounds like a shit ton of work, it is. It's incredibly hard. And that is exactly what they are asking you to do at the level four. Mm. And more. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, you know, just to go back to like the whole value Um, most affiliate owners, if they, you know, talk about value, they're paying for a software program so that members can track all their performance, right? So they've got that value they're already paying for, and they're maybe paying for that programming that you're following Mm -hmm. because that provides them value. And then the question becomes, so how do you as a coach provide more value on top of that besides just keeping it in the hour and making sure nobody gets hurt, right? That's like the bare minimum as a coach, keep it in the hour, make sure nobody gets hurt. That's the bare minimum. Yes. And then it's like, did did you say everybody's name? Did everybody smile? Did you smile? Like, 
did you give feedback on the lift? Mm-hmm. You know, like if there was a lift in a Metcom because that's what your gym does, you know, yes, it does take away from the coaching, whether you want to admit it or not. Uh-huh. Our gym does that. And guess what? It drives me crazy sometimes because I don't get to coach as much as I want uh-huh. to coach. Uh-huh. But I can provide as much value as possible in those two things in that hour. Uh-huh. Sam, we knew that Ash had something to to bring. We knew she was warming up to get up to 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 fire up. We could just see the momentum building. We just had to give her the right, lob the right one up for us. So and that's super, super, super like um great points ash and it is it's okay this is the the gym i'm working in this is what we do but how do i take personal accountability for providing the best experience and treating those members is as if they're my own yeah even before i owned a box it was really funny the box i worked at and then when i wound up buying it some of the people went oh shit we thought you already owned it dude because like you were you know bring in the fire to class and bring in the energy and bring in the, you know, how do I give a hundred percent of this? Because this is my thing. This is what I do. Yeah. And regardless of the things you can or can't control. And at the end of the day, the members like assume there is going to be programming because it's a CrossFit gym. There's going to be workout to follow. So they don't care who pays for that or how much it costs or whatever it is. It's like, well, what's in it for me? The same as the tracking software is like, does it work? Can I find things easy? Yeah. Can I fist bump my, my buddies? Yeah. So those things for the affiliate add value, but then as a coach, how do I use those tools to give a great experience and more value and communicate my value to you? Mm-hmm. I, I hear the, first of all, Ashley, I'm so happy that you talked about the bare minimum. Mm. There this is my opinion and not one perhaps endorsed by Fitfiliate, but there are standards for coaches. There mm-hmm. is a bare minimum. And, and I think that like, even things like, you know, we're going to have this piece of software and we're going to have this music and we're going to do this. Like, even then those are what's, and like, I don't like they may or may not provide value to the community and how a coach walks in and executes on whatever the workout is like that can be the difference between no value whatsoever and value that, you know, what is, what is called transformational coaching, right? Mm. You know, like if you were imagining an, an X and Y axis up this way is education, this way is fun. And if it's pinned all the way to the left and at the bottom, then it's so much fun. It's borderline dangerous. And if it's pinned all the way up, but at the right, then it's so technical that it's practically a lecture and you're not actually lifting. And so of course you want to be like aiming toward the middle, but then if you keep it going and you go to that far upper, upper right side, you end up with something that is transformational an experience that is fun and educational. Someone who exactly what Ash says, uses people's names, uses everybody's names, touches base with every single person, understands the workout, whether it's a single workout of the day or a lift and a Metcon, 
so well and the intended stimulus behind what the programmer wrote that they can go to every single person in that class and give them a version of that workout that is customized for them. Mm. That is threshold training. That is scaling properly applied. And that is value. That is the value of individual coaching. And if you are not doing that, right, if you are not executing on that to the best of your ability, based on what your interests are, what your time is, you know, how far you want to take being a coach or a trainer, then as a business owner, there does at some point become a calculus where it's like, okay, could I put a TV at the front of the room that has the whiteboard and be, have it be just as effective as that person? Mm. I've been in some gyms where the TV would have been more of effect, more effective. Mm. Yeah. And, and I hope uh, that. Go ahead. And there are some, um, you know, lookalike companies that do that now. Yeah. It's like you go to a thing, you learn how to deadlift by watching a video that's, um, yeah. you know, continuously looping on a screen because they've, you know, they're not trained. They're not even trainers. They're just, you know, um, DJs and, and pump up crew. But, mm you know, they're able to communicate a value that people will pay a premium for that because, yeah. oh, look, they're all having fun and, mm -hmm. and it makes it look like that they are getting the experience that they want. But mm -hmm. then people will quite often go and do that and then after a little bit find their way back to a CrossFit gym because like, well, I didn't, oh, I got hurt or I didn't actually get taught anything. Yeah. Yeah. So then your client starts to find their own balance of between that what I need to know and what, you know, and, and still having that good experience. But again, it's that nuance of coaching is, is understanding, like you said on that, that sliding scale, like that's, that's the balance and that's the magic is finding that sweet spot. Yes. But I think as coaches and we, you know, when we get caught up in the, yes, we're in the service industry and I'm here to serve and I'm, I'm here to give. So I should always be poor and mm -hmm. I should always be, you know, um, living out the, you know, have my clothes in the boot of the car kind of deal. Like that's, you know, and I'm doing 50 clients a day and back to back to back to back. And we think the answer is more, more pieces of paper. But I think it comes down to that greater understanding of uh, humans and human psychology and, you know, basic hierarchy of needs for people and under, and tapping into that. But then being able to, like I, I said at the start, work with our affiliate owners on that, you know, relationship of reciprocity going, how can I help you provide more mm -hmm. value to the community? Therefore, it works well for both of us Yeah. rather than, you know, rah, I need like, you know, 80 bucks an hour. Yeah. It's a very different conversation and being able to understand your own value and your own impact. You know, the impact is priceless yeah. on somebody's life. And being able to tap into that and communicate, like I keep saying communicate, communicate, which is what we talked about last week is like, how do we communicate our value? How do we get people to say, yeah, it's, it, this is worth $1,500 or, you know, whatever, or yeah, it's like a, it's like a $10 session, you know? I think the first of all, it's gotta be worth $1,500. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're going to charge $1,500, don't sell them a $10 session and try to like lie to yourself. And then through that lie to them, like, mm -hmm. first of all, be ethical. Second of all, mm -hmm. like 
if you don't understand how to communicate value, mm. okay, ask for help. Mm. If you mm. didn't know it, like if you were trying to power snatch 225 and you're stuck at 185 and you've been slamming your face against a wall for six months and not understanding what the difference is, maybe you ought to hire a coach, you know? Mm. Um, and, and good. It goes, no, you go, Sam. Well, just there, you know, a person who understands a person who understands value. I have this idea in my brain that a person who understands value will never have a problem with full classes. A person mm. who understands and can communicate value will never have a problem taking those full classes and creating something that works for both the affiliate owner and themselves. Mm. But a person who does not understand value, even if they can communicate it, like they are, don't be a line item on your, on your affiliate owner's expense list, be mm. an asset. And we, t we talk about that sometimes as, you know, affiliate owners, it's your responsibility to look at your coaches, not as line items, but as assets and invest in them as such. There's still an onus on the coaches, like mm. coaches, you got to fucking act like it. Yeah. You gotta, it's not you one, gotta, not one way traffic. Absolutely not. And there is a, that responsibility goes both ways. And if mm. you're not delivering on your half of the bargain, if you got an affiliate owner who you're trying to work with and you're, you're having the conversation that we're trying to have, hey, this is what I want to do. You know, how do I work with you to create something that works for the affiliate and works for me? And you are not owning your side and you're not delivering. Mm. Like that's bad only if you choose to do nothing about it. Except Up sit until, and bitch and moan. Exactly. Up yeah. until then, it's just data. Mm. And if the thing that you're doing isn't working, that's fine. Take that, yeah. recalibrate, execute again, right? And try to do so without beating yourself up because you're a human being and you deserve to be treated gently, mm. right? And I think there's a way to do that without, you know, raking yourself over the coals, but don't stick your head in the sand and, mm. you know, just be like, nope, everything's fine. <laughs> you know, and- that's a trap that, that we can fall into as coaches. We're like, well, I'm not getting paid what I'm worth. And then we get into the trap of doing coach maths for the affiliate owner going, oh, hang on a minute, Sam's got 100 members and they're paying 200 bucks a month. So holy shit, he's rolling in it. I'm totally, I need to go in and demand more pay or I'm going to go and open my own affiliate. Mm -hmm. Then suddenly you're very keenly aware of, of the cost of toilet paper and whiteboard markers, you know, the, the <laughs> most, the most, the, the Christmas gift that members gave me that used to spark the most joy in me were whiteboard markers because, you know, they're incredibly expensive and you go through a metric shit ton of those things. Yes. And suddenly you go, oh, so he probably wasn't making all that money. Oops, a bit mm. late now. And you are, you know, elbows deep in this thing rather than being proactive and understanding, which is, you know, what we said at the start is you have the potential as a coach to create your unlimited streams of revenue, create your own time and freedoms by leveraging off the work that the affiliate owner has already done. Yes. There's your space. There's your kit. Here's a whole audience of people. Go win them over. Yeah. You know, and then suddenly they're all bringing their friends and the affiliate owners, you know, happy your classes are pumping. 
then you can have the conversation about, hey, how's this going to? How does this work moving forward for both of us? Yeah. Here's what I'm bringing to the party. What do you? What more do you need me to bring, or what do you need me to bring to the party? Yeah, and it's a whole different, you know, grown up <laughs> conversation to have rather than, you know, please may I have some more. Yeah. <laughs> All, I've, all you know, I've got is like Kennedy's voice in my head being like, ask not what your affiliate can do for you, <laughs> but instead what you can do for your affiliate. Oh. Nailed it. That's awesome. <laughs> but, you know, we, <laughs> it's a highlight of my week and our week's just started. <laughs> you know, it the power of a coach can't be understated. So um, I'm probably going to sound a bit like a knob telling this story, but. I'm going to go with it anyway because safe space. But, yeah. you know, I'm an experienced coach. I've been coaching for 10 years. I ran an affiliate for seven and a half years. I have trained thousands of people to be better and to, um, you know, live live their best lives. Like that's just a fact. I'm not going to dispute it. Like so I know what to do. But this week I went down the path of hiring myself a coach to to train me, to PT me. And I don't want to just say train me, but, you know, to coach me. And it's um, someone I worked with 10 years ago. Um, and, you know, we've had a continuing relationship since. But in that one hour yesterday, I achieved more intensity and uh, work than I have done in the previous seven months of, you know, pottering around in my garage and Instagramming between sets of things and just doing stuff I preferred. Like we didn't do anything earth shattering. It wasn't like, you know, it was definitely not anywhere near uh, the work capacity that, you know, I once had and that's cool. I'm rebuilding. But talking about a coach being able to compress time and, you know, looking at it from the perspective of what we do here at Fitfiliate for coaches and affiliate owners, we help them compress time and by cutting through the, the busyness and the, excuses like well I'm sitting there we chatted plenty in the session but mm -hmm. you know I came out of that going you know mm -hmm. I I worked like you know I my workout tracker tracker actually triggered that I'd done something rather than like did you really do anything like you turned me on but I didn't record anything yeah and and that's you know to me like when I walked out of there like I would have paid anything for that session and she, you know, when we talked about doing it, she's like, oh, well, you know, just just come on try. I knew, no, 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 I will be paying you what you are worth. And she's like, oh, I don't, don't know what to ask. Or I said, cool. Well, here's what I charge myself out at, so that's what I'm going to pay you. You know, because I know I've learned enough over time to finally know my worth. But I'm like, that's not, you know, my my value from one hour is already mm. – compressed six or seven months of, you know, feeling like I was doing something. Yeah. And I know we have that impact on our uh, people that, you know, clients that we coach in Fitfiliate as well. We do, you know, same, mm -hmm. same thing. But, again, it's being able to communicate that and understanding your impact and your value. Yeah. And it doesn't, doesn't matter how experienced you are. Everyone needs a coach. So, Use your affiliate owner to coach you, to develop you, to help you see what you, you know, what you need to bring to the party. So, okay, this is what I'm currently bringing to the party. What do you really need? Mm. 
Like what can I do better or more of or whatever and work, think, see it as a collaborative relationship, not as a, you know, us and them. Mm. Mm. And if you want to be really brave, have your affiliate owner come take your class. Yeah. How many coaches hate that? Yeah. Right. Like how many, first of all, how many coaches are terrified of that and Mm. probably shouldn't be, but also second, like Mm. how many affiliate owners don't get in enough workouts? You Mm. know, they sit here and they own, they own a beacon Mm. of health and fitness that they, you know, have signed their life and their money to. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, and that's the life of an affiliate owner. And like, that's part of what Fitfiliate is Mm. aiming to solve is creating time for, so that you can do the thing that you love, which is we all love CrossFit. And for the coach brave enough to ask, cool, like have your affiliate owner in your class, mm. show them what you bring to the table on the regular, make mm. your class their favorite class. Yeah. And then the value that you have will be beyond reproach. Mm. And it's, you know, I remember when I had the affiliate and I would jump into classes, you know, when I could and not not one bit of coaching, like they was too scared to tell me. Yeah. Like I was deliberately like doing the worst. I remember one coach, many one classes doing the worst push jerks I could possibly muster. And yeah. I was getting a, yeah, that's great. Lisa, keep going as, as he sort of crop dusted past me. And I'm like, this isn't, this isn't what we need. And yeah. if, if, you, if that's what you're doing to me, then I guarantee that you're probably doing it to everybody else as well. Cause yeah. if anything, it should be, Oh, that's the boss. I should be, you know, yeah. Like, lift the standard. Treat everyone in your class like it's it's the affiliate owners come into your class, and then when the affiliate owner comes in, yeah, be open yeah. to that feedback. Yeah. yeah, we had um, we had a red shirt that worked at my affiliate for a while when he first moved here, and I used to get so nervous when he would be in my classes, and then I got to a point mm-hmm. where I would be like. Hey, John, will you come take my class and give me some feedback afterwards? Because yeah. I'd like, yep. I would crave it then. It was like, I got to mm-hmm. a point where I was confident, but I knew like I wanted to be the best possible coach. I'd be like, okay, what do you got? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. one of one of my new coaches, I remember when, when I was developing her, she's like, I can't, I can't coach Colin. He's a coach. He'll know that if I'm not saying things right. I went, no, he's there just to get a workout in. I mm-hmm. said, I can tell you now, if Rich Froning, Tia, Matt Fraser walked in this gym. I expect you to coach the ass off them. Yeah. Not, you know, just because of who they are, if they're turning up to a class, they need to be coached and it doesn't matter. And use that as a learning and growth experience. Like we all get better through each other getting better and helping each other get better. That That is the the model of the seminar staff. It's that continuous feedback loop. Every seminar, they're sitting down having hard conversations and making each other better, which makes them the slick, you know, unit that they are. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, I've heard it said too many times. It's not like you get to, you get to the red shirt and you're done. Like, yeah, (laughs) it's James Hobart once described the, the internship is the hardest job application that you'll ever do. Mm. And then the work starts, then you actually Mm. start working. And real quick to, to your point about like worrying about what so-and-so person would say. I think that's so incredibly common. And I heard something a day or two ago and it was people in their twenties spend all their time worrying about Mm -hmm. what other people think. And then when you get to your forties, 
You stop caring about what other people think. And then when you get to your sixties, you realize they were never thinking about you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And if we can just skip right to that third part and just like save yourself a little bit of anguish, Mm. ask for the feedback, like Ash, I'm sure it's like, it was like me. It's like, you realize they're not going to like tear you open and draw and quarter you and then set your insides on fire. They (laughs) want you to be better and it's constructive criticism. And you're like, oh, son of a gun, that wasn't that bad. And so you go back again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden seeking feedback is your Tuesday morning. It's your normal routine. Yeah. And if I, you want to raise the value that's being offered inside your affiliate, start with that. Start doing regular evaluations, not just of owner to coach, but coaches to each other. Mm. Holy hell. Like create a community where that's That's normal. okay. It, mm. Yes. Not only is it okay, it's expected. Going back to the bare minimum, being mm. evaluated by your fellow coaches and mm. providing each other um, constructive feedback is mm. expected. Yeah. Wow. And it's, it Yeah having an environment where it's not a competition or a, you know, a measuring contest. It's about, Mm. you know, I'm going to bring them down. So I look better. It's actually, I'm telling you this because I care about you and I care about the mission that we're doing here in our community. So yes, let's work on this together. Rising tide lifts all boats. Mm -hmm. That's the one. And I think, you know, that's probably a good note to wrap this one. We've, we've had quite a, um, meandering chat today through a broad range of topics but I think it really comes down to you know our mission I guess through the million dollar coach podcast and through the six-figure coach seminar is giving coaches the belief and understanding of their own value and their own potential and then learning how to tap into that yes so if you're interested in in coming to our six-figure coach seminar and learning more in detail all the magic secrets Mm-hmm. Uh, the link to the registration is in the show notes. Uh, very limited opportunities for the very first one. Um, I know it's filling up rapidly. So jump in. It doesn't matter how you get to Atlanta, walk, crawl, hitchhike. It's you know, a Delta fly. Hub. You can get there from anywhere. Yeah, just just get there and, you know, you get to meet Sam and Ash, um, which will Don't be amazing. Don't hold that against us. You get to meet them before I do, like, you know, there you go. Um, And be part of something awesome and Mm -hmm. be better and be open to that and understand that. Yes. All right, team. Till the next one. Thank you. Thank you. Adios.